I'm David Porter, author of Five Minutes to Live. Just a few things to note about the podcast. First, if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description of the podcast, but can be purchased online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and even at Walmart and Target online. I've also listed my Facebook and Twitter links. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you're enjoying the book. In this series, we're going to read through Five Minutes to Live, chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week. If you didn't start with Episode 1, the prologue, please go back and start there. Please subscribe and hit the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your preferred podcast platform. That way you'll know when the new episodes are released. And if you're enjoying this journey, please, please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes for the research done and the Bible verses quoted. I'll post those footnotes in the description of each episode. Finally, I've got a new book on the way titled 60 Seconds of Silence that I am really excited about. Once that book is available, I'll go back and post that link in each episode's description as well. With that, thank you for being here. Let's get started. Okay, we're about to start chapter three. Again, I want to say this. I am from Alabama, and the only accent that I can really nail is a southern accent. We've got some people from other countries in this in this chapter and really in the rest of the book, so just keep that in mind. I'll do my best, but buy the book, read it for yourself. You can put the accents in the way you want. So here we go. Chapter three. That contrary, negative nudge was back. Aaron had said truly little to me since we left the grass of the airfield. Sitting in the sleek jet now, it amazed me how quickly things had been arranged. From seemingly nowhere and in no time, people arrived at the airport, and the small jet was fueled and ready on the runway. I could tell by the activity level that we would be taking off very soon. Flying commercial was one thing. Security checks, long wait times, delayed flights, people being herded on and off the airplane like cattle. Not that I had ever had the opportunity to do it, but I imagined that flying in a private jet would be a different experience altogether. However, being in a privately owned, government-operated passenger jet airplane was something spectacular and completely next level to any flight I had ever experienced. At one point, Aaron's activity, phone and physical, slowed, and I took the opportunity to try and find out some information. When I asked where we were going, hurriedly, Aaron had told me we were flying to Israel. Then he started to walk off. I don't have a passport, I blurted. It just came out. It was almost an excuse, almost a protest almost a complaint, and I knew it sounded stupid the moment I said it. The truth was, flying to Israel wasn't exactly in my weekend plans. None of this was. I had a normal life, a job to get back to, a, a flight home to catch, plans for the summer to make. On the other hand, Jessica had been kidnapped, and I had given her my word that I would always be there for her. Besides, Aaron wasn't exactly giving me an option. Aaron's shoulder slumped as he turned back toward me and exasperatedly said, Man up and grow a pair. He turned away 
and went on with his business. Embarrassed, I buckled my seatbelt and decided to keep my mouth shut until I was needed for something. Moments after wheels up, a flight attendant served me orange juice and handed me a couple of pills. These will help, she said in heavily accented English as she moved off to another task. Aspirin? Ibuprofen? Something to help with the pain, the exhaustion, and the shock of all of this? I took the pills without thinking too much about it. No one said it, but I had the feeling that everyone aboard the jet was Israeli Air Force, undercover and in plain clothes. Besides looking Israeli, dark-skinned and dark eyes, everyone operated with the mechanical precision that usually comes with military training. It was a clockwork operation. The pilots, flight attendants, and even the ground crew worked together in an orchestrated symphony of directed movements. Each knew their part, and each played their part to perfection. Within two hours of seeing Jessica wrenched from our Escalade, we were in the air, giving chase. If Aaron was indeed with the Mossad, it all made sense. I had read enough books and seen enough spy thrillers to know a little about Mossad, the Israeli Counterterrorism and Intelligence Agency, although I don't think they use the word agency. That's an American phrase like Central Intelligence Agency or CIA. To the Israelis, it's the Institute. At least, that's the English translation of the name. If movies and rumors were true, Mossad was responsible for some of the most daring, well-planned, covert missions ever executed. Just recently, I'd read about the death of Muhammad al-Zawahiri, known to Israel's security groups as the Engineer in Tunisia. It seems al-Zawahiri was a ruthless man, an upper echelon member of al-Qassam brigades, the militant wing of Hamas. The assassins were able to corner him, riddle his body with something like 20 bullets, erase surveillance footage of the event from surrounding cameras, and escape without a trace. Mossad has never claimed responsibility, but everyone else gives them credit or blame depending on which side of the argument you fall, for the assassination. Probably one of the most famous cases undertaken by the Mossad was a plan called Operation Wrath of God, or Operation Bayonet. Steven Spielberg even made a movie about the event in 2005 called Munich. The events happened before I was born, but after watching it, I wanted to know the real story behind the movie, so I did a little research. In 1972, the world watched as 11 members of the Israeli Olympic team were taken hostage and eventually killed by a militant Palestinian unit called Black September. They were aided by members of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO. Outraged, the Israeli people called for revenge. Over the course of something like 20 years, each of the terrorists who had been involved were assassinated killed violently in different and unique ways. The first terrorist was shot 11 times in his apartment in Rome, each of the 11 bullets a deadly memorial to the 11 athletes killed, one bullet for each athlete. One terrorist had his head blown off by a bomb placed in his bedside phone. One terrorist was pushed in front of a bus. The reason I remembered the story so vividly had to do with the fact that several hours before 
each assassination. Each target's family received flowers with a condolence card reading, a reminder, we do not forget, we do not forgive. And that's pretty hardcore. In all, 18 terrorists associated with the deaths of the Israeli athletes were killed. As I was reading about it all, I remember thinking that I never, ever wanted to get on the bad side of the Mossad. But the Mossad is more than just a counterterrorism unit. They are also leading the world in their intelligence-gathering efforts and have been for some time. My first real introduction to the Mossad happened shortly after the terrorist attacks in New York City in September of 2001. Like everyone else, I was glued to my television set and was scouring the internet newspapers for information. Only a few days after 9-11, a report was released indicating a high-ranking law enforcement official had leaked information, hinting that the Mossad had tried to warn the United States about an imminent attack. I remember reading something like FBI and CIA officials were advised in August, a month prior that as many as 200 terrorists had been moving into this country and were planning a major assault on the United States. The Mossad had tried to warn the United States, but the news had either fallen on deaf ears, there wasn't enough time to do anything with the information, or we just didn't have the infrastructure to seek out the potential offenders. Regardless, the Mossad definitely had an ear to the ground, and if they were involved with Jessica and her research, this was definitely big. I just didn't know what this was. It was roughly around 9.30 p.m. when Aaron finally finished whatever he was working on and moved to the seat across from me. The adrenaline dump had passed, and I was sitting in what had to be the most comfortable airplane seat I had ever flown in. A drowsy feeling began to wash over me. I took a deep breath and tried to steady myself and said, I'm sorry I'm just a bother and keep getting on your nerves and I'm in the way. I'm really trying to understand what's going on, Aaron. I don't get it. Why is the Mossad involved with Jessica? What does... What... What was she working on that would get her kidnapped? What... What information does she have? Aaron nodded. Finally, in a gentler tone, he said, we have plenty of time to talk about this. The flight to Haifa is about 10 hours long, and we will have to hit the ground running as soon as we land. He looked at me and smiled. I can tell the pills the flight attendant gave you are working. Don't fight it. You should sleep now so the jet lag doesn't slow you down in the city. I started to ask him again about the information, the problems, and the chase, all of it. My mind was running a million miles an hour. I needed to know. But all that came out of my mouth was, not alone. The last thing I remember was hearing someone say, he'll sleep like that for several hours. And then the darkness, as my heavy eyelids slowly came together. End of chapter three. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. 
please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released. And if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.